It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Your son offered his assistance. Alone? In the dark? Without Louise, none of us gets into Baha'i. That's what you said you wanted, right? He could have died. He knows how to move through this world. Yeah, just because he does doesn't mean he should. Welcome to Fear Me, a podcast about The Walking Dead. Fear Me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. And Scott. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. We're going to be recapping episode five of season two of Fear the Walking Dead entitled Captive. So, Scott, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm trying a beer from the Grand Teton Brewing Company in Wyoming. Um, it's actually Idaho, very close to, uh, to, um, the, uh, Grand Teton Mountains. And it's mm-hmm. an American pale ale. And, uh, it's absolutely delicious. What's it called? Sweetgrass. Sweetgrass. Okay. Sweetgrass. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Stuart, what are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a craft brew from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, established in 1844 it's actually got a long lineage wow it is called uh pabst blue ribbon and i've heard actually what goes into winning a blue ribbon goes into making one that just that just (laughs) ding (laughs) that just gave me the gurgles (laughs) (laughs) kimmy what are you drinking to say it's a light beer I'm drinking the same because we don't have time to go get something better. (laughs) It's been a rough day. I'm not feeling too well. So we're just drinking the old pibber tonight. Okay. That's fine. So we won't be on the same level as you, Scott, I don't think. No, you won't. Just not going to be the way. I know. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. But how was your Mother's Day? Wonderful. Yeah. Took mom and the wife and... Took him on a nice uh, trip to the English pub and made him a nice breakfast. How about you? Did the family do stuff for you? Well, I thought I was going to get breakfast in bed, but that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm just <Wow>. kidding. <laughs> but um, You told everybody who you've talked to. <laughs> we were supposed to go to a baseball game, but then I hurt my toe by dropping a cup on it. So um, I almost <laughs> broke my my toes. <laughs> But I severely bruised them, so we had to cancel the game, but... Way to go, Swiftus. And the reason that happened is because I was reaching for a vase to put the stinking Mother's Day flowers in that the kids had gotten me. Nice. <laughs> and, I, I like the way you added stinking. Yeah, I know. They were actually very nice. But um, but it actually turned out better that way because then I got a shot of whiskey for the pain, and then I got mimosas all day long from Stuart. And I got quiet wow. time, and I got to put my feet up, and I got to read a book and take a nap. Wow, you must have been a zombie later. 
Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. very happy. People are going to think we are complete luscious, that we just like sit around and drink all the time. <laughs> 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 I got a shot of whiskey and mimosas. <laughs> Your point. Then we gave the kids some vodka, and they passed out on the floor. <laughs> you should have seen my dog last night. He fell off the porch. Oh. Well, I think any parent understands. Yeah. You got to medicate. Yes, you, you drink medicate. as much as you can when you can. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good day. Good. Good. Glad it. to hear it. Yes. But well, Cammie, why don't you tell us what you thought of the episode? Oh, yeah. That's what we're doing tonight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. So um, my overall impression was I really liked this episode. I was um, on the edge of my seat for most of it. Um, there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of suspense and, um, I really dug the whole Reed zombie thing. And I really liked, uh, Alicia coming into her character and I'm really starting to like her a lot more. And Madison, I think this whole episode was like girl power type episode and I really dug it. So yeah, it was good. Stu, what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Um, but I, I have to say, without going into too much detail about everything that was going on, I think uh, the one takeaway from it was that Daniel is a badass. And I thought his mm-hmm. character was great in this episode. Yeah, except for one big, big error he made. But we'll, well talk on. about that don't later. T- yeah, don't take him down right now. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I, I thought the I thought it was just another episode in a great series that they've got going on. Um, I, I liked that it was fast paced, and I like the like Kim was saying the suspense was strong, and and I really love the way they um, dispense with their situations pretty quickly, where we would uh, probably have half a season about the pirates on on another show. <laughs> on this one, we get done with it in a couple episodes, and it doesn't really hurt the hurt the story at all and and it kind of gives you um it's kind of realistic because you you have to think that at the time of the apocalypse like this you know it's going to be very fluid it's going to be very fast-paced it's going to be very chaotic and they've made that this season well do you really think that the whole pirate thing is over with this group um i think i think for the most part i i don't think maybe with jack but I think I think for the most part they kind of they kind of depowered them a good bit. Mm. I mean, what is there like six of them left now? Well, I think Prego Lady is going to come back to rue the day. I have a well, we could talk about this later too. But I think that um, the pregnant lady and Jack and Alex pregnant are gonna ladies. S- pregnant lady's name is Vita, by the way. Vita. Okay. Well, I think Vita. that all three of them are going to come back into play somehow. Okay. Yeah, but not not together necessarily. Maybe Jack and the pregnant lady, Vita. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I think Alex is on her own. I don't think she was, she's following orders from those people. I think she's going to jet off. Or she already did. Yeah, yeah, I think she already jetted off. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I don't think we've seen the last of them. You know, Scott, I agree with you that they. Um, it, it's awesome that they are kind of starting and ending these uh, small storylines pretty quickly, which is very different than anything we had ever seen from our, our other show. But... Um, I still, I was kind of disappointed that they killed that Connor guy off so easily. I was and I wasn't. I mean, you know, was he going to be another governor or something like that? I don't well, know. Well, they just, well, they built him up as like something. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he just 
it was like a weak death. He was just like easily just stuck his well, arm in that zombie's mouth. Sure, but you, but we also kind of found in the episode that really the psycho situation was not him. It was Reed. Right. Yeah. You know, that Connor was kind of the more, uh, even though Reed, you know, said he was the more psycho, it was actually Reed that was more psycho. Connor was more trying to keep them together somewhat. Yeah, according to yeah, according to what Reed was telling. Well, and, uh, and Daniel a and of them. and yeah, and and Jack said too. Is right. it Jack or is it Jake? Jack. 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 Jake yeah. is okay. the other kid on Alex's boat that died. That's yeah. what's confusing me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Right. Died horribly. Yeah. Yeah, but he said that he said it to uh, Alicia as well. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh no, Reed. That's Reed. Loose cannon. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, I. I'm not totally upset about it because I, you know, I'm not either. But it was just I was surprised. I was just surprised it was such an easy kill. Well, I, and I like, will say I, I will agree with you on this too, Stu, because um, it uh, I was a little surprised because and I don't want to go too much into the ending of the show yet, but I was kind of surprised that it wasn't a cliffhanger left yeah. at the end the exchange yeah. i expected you know i was looking on the screen is like five minutes left i'm like oh they're just gonna end it when, when they're about to give the exchange and it'd be next week right but no they carried it through yeah or alicia was still left behind mm-hmm. or something right yeah right i think they have so much story to tell there's no point in doing a cliffhanger yet that's of that magnitude well i think what's exciting is that they're burning through all this stuff so quickly that there's got to be something big yeah you know, like they're trying to get them to Mexico. So what's in Mexico? Right. At least that's what I, 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 that's my hope is that there's going to be something big happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's obvious that, um, you know, we, nothing's obvious. Well, kind of. we've been complaining about the fact that, that we don't know what's going on outside the U.S. and so forth. So, you know what? We're going to get a little glimpse. Yeah. And I think that's what I was saying last time was that um, the and I don't think I, I fully fleshed it out was that the interesting thing about. Uh, what's happening, the things that are still happening on in the world is that maybe we will get more of a glimpse of what that is. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll get more information. Maybe we'll hear like real radio talk or radio chatter or something right. on or TVs me- down in Mexico. So. Or that maybe they'll talk to Mexican officials and they'll give them the information. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe Abigail knows something. You know, he's been down there kicking yep. it back while this is going on. I'm sure he's probably been able to gain some information. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the view. With Luis's badass mother. <laughs> yep. So what did you think about that opening scene? Set the scene. I thought it was great. You had uh, Patsy Cline in the background. And the dude uh-huh. is, set, is cooking a steak up for Alicia. That steak looked good. It did look good. I was pretty impressed. Uh-huh. But we've, but So he was a, a cook previously yes. before the zombie apocalypse. He was the ship's cook. Yeah, mm-hmm. on that particular ship. So right. I wonder how he got to be so, you know, well, how did he get to be in charge? Well, I think he, he already had the nature, being that he was the cook, the nature of taking care of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that probably carried forward when uh, when the rest of the crew abandoned. Um, and genuinely, a lot of people hold the cook in high regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... They're pretty important to their existence. Yep. Yep. You know what I thought was cool? The weird thing to me, uh, or I shouldn't say the weird thing, the interesting thing to me is in any of these kind of horror shows um, or movies, 
it always reminds me or takes me back to Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> when, okay. Well, when you've got uh, um, uh, the cheesemaker. Sorry, I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. Like the cheesemaker was doing. There, there seems like to be like something sinister going on while they're cooking. Mm. And it's always because, you know, always brings me back to that moment. Right, right. You're like expecting something else to be revealed while they're cooking. You got to crack a few eggs. Because I was thinking, I wonder what that meat actually is. Is it another. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Terminus. No, not Terminus. Oh, that's right. Terminus, too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I think is kind of interesting, too, the uh, now I could be wrong, but I was thinking like the governor and so forth. Most of the uh, the guys that end up being leaders were pretty common guys before. I mean, the governor governor mm-hmm. was like an insurance salesman or something. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. and Connor was the cook. Yep. And I don't know what Negan was. Negan was a used car salesman. See, look at that. <laughs> it's all blue collar. <laughs> the meek will inherit the earth. Yep. yep. <laughs> well said. Um. So on the show Revolution, Giancarlo Esposito, he was one of the leaders. Mm-hmm. And he also, this has just made me think about that too, but he was such a badass on that show, but he was also from a normal background. I can't remember what he was. Like a Yeah, you're right. He was like a, like a principal or something or something. I don't even think he was that high up. He was like just a... Like a, he was almost like an insurance guy or something too, but yeah, you're right, you're right. He was, he was yeah. an insurance guy. Yeah, and and it only took like a couple. What's of... What's up with these insurance guys? I don't know. Are they shifty? Oh, got something in freaking their me out a little bit. I know, I know. Anyway, so yes, to the point. They all come from very similar backgrounds, but it makes you wonder, like, what it, what's what's that similar personality trait that makes them stand up when they need to stand up and take take the reins when um, everybody else is falling around them and how do they how do they get people to fall in line behind them and to see them as a leader well I mean it must be you know uh, these guys are used to I guess being in the background and when they then seizing opportunity I think they're just very watchful like they they uh-huh. study people study the way people mm-hmm. should be and the way that people should treat other people and respond to people. And then they, when the opportunity arises, they just take it. I think that's a very good point. So, Very insightful, Kim. Thanks. Insurance guys always have kind of this stereotype of being the people that are pretty much selling nothing. Mm-hmm. They can sell anything. And um, I don't know, there's always been a very negative connotation associated with with insurance salesmen mm-hmm. even worse than vacuum salesmen Ooh. yeah very true very true are there any more vacuum salesmen no there's not yeah. yes actually there are kirby still goes door to door oh really yeah what the hell is kirby it's a vacuum <laughs> <laughs> it's well that's vacuum. great but what the hell is kirby <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a high-end a room, vacuum actually yeah, it should be like a roomba door-to-door salesman or something exactly yeah Anyways, we digress. <laughs> yes, we do. Greatly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I loved the Patsy Klein. Yeah. That was pretty nice. And I love the skiing and on in the background. That's what I, that's oh, what I was going to say. Sorry. What's up with that? I know, it's hilarious. <laughs> it it kind of made me, made me want to know Connor a little bit more. He had some intricacies that would have been nice to explore a little bit. But 
we won't get that possibility. So. Well, that's what. Yeah, he definitely seemed like he was very in control of the entire situation and, and very complex. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jack even built him up so much that he was so complex. But man, he couldn't fight off that one zombie. Nope. Not be good. Um. But uh, yeah, that whole the scene was actually pretty cool. Uh, and then what was the pregnant girl's name again, Scott? Vita. Vita. Um, when she stole that steak. That's wicked. Oh, I was like, yeah. you bitch. Even though exactly. she's pregnant. <laughs> I think but the whole still. country went, you bitch. I know. Don't worry, she'll get hers. Yeah. Alicia's trying to give it to her. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, then of course, uh, Alicia realized that she was um, trapped in that room after Vita split. And uh, so she went exploring, and that's when they she came out on the... Uh, the ha- out of the hatch and saw that she That's was right. actually on a dry dock ship. And uh, it, that was a pretty cool scene. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird, though, that they only locked that one door? Yeah, I guess. Well, she went, I think she went and tried a series of doors. Yeah, she, she tried a whole bunch of doors before she found she, that hatch she, that was Yeah, open. she found the hatch actually relatively easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess she can't really get, go anywhere when she gets up there unless she wants to jump. Right. So there really wasn't stuck. a whole lot of people on this boat. Yeah. Or having 12 no. people. I don't know where the rest of them were. Mm-hmm. You know, there was only like three or four people on the boat, right? Well, they said they had five boats, though, so they're probably all manned. Sure. Mm-hmm. With the other but, people. But we only had, what, uh, Connor, Alex, um, Jack. Jack. And yep. Vita. I wonder if they're counting Alex. Well, you had Reed, and then you had the two other people that were killed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That were on the on the yacht, right? Mm-hmm. And Alex. Yep. Well, I said Alex. And Alex. Oh, you did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. We also had Alex. Oh, I'm was Alex there? <laughs> <laughs> what about Jake? No. No. But they did no. bring the fear music back too. Yep. After yep. she I was. I like the. Yeah, I like the interaction. Or you know the way that they'll do that. Some episodes and some they won't. I think it's perfect. I don't think it would have been as effective with Patsy Cline still playing. No. no. No, not at all. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Patsy Klein, I tell you what, man. You play that music in certain situations, it's very creepy. Yeah, yes, it works it well. It yes. works very well. Yes, no doubt. She's got that twangy voice that kind of makes you go, Ehh. Yeah. But yeah, she's awesome. So, on the on the uh, the Abigail, we find ourselves with uh, Hole Punch Reed, right? <laughs> Hole punch read. Hole punch read. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mr. Awesome. Tire Iron. Yes. Yes. Mr. Soon to be Zombie Read. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's having. I love this scene with with Daniel. I mean, that was great. Was, the interaction and so forth. He was awesome. Yeah. He, he he was just he was taking control of the situation even though he had no control. Right. Yeah. It was great. And you know, in Daniel's line, you know, after all of. Uh, Reed's boasting and everything in Daniel's line and says, I've known, I've known scary people. He says, yeah, scary people don't have to tell you they're scary. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, that was great good. line. Yep. And then Daniel. It reminded me of the governor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's, no, the governor like, seems so normal. I like uh, Daniel's character. Um, and it's Reuben Blades. Is yes. Is that the Ruben actor's Blades, name? Very veteran actor. He's, yep. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's done awesome with that uh-huh. character, I think. I tell you what, though, I, Stu, I still could not understand why he would leave um, Chris to guard that guy. 
That made no sense to me at all. Well, he obviously has some sort of trust in, or is at least trying to force these kids. Uh, yeah, to but take the guy was already trying to. Yeah, but the guy was already trying to pick at Chris's brain already. You know. Hey, man, it's writing. You got to create the situation. But yeah, I agree with you. That I just was didn't like, think I it was, made sense. I don't. No, I don't think that he should have left him there either. Right. Like, I mean, had going. Travis done it or somebody like that, you know, then I would have been all right. You know, just because they would know better. But Daniel should have known better. Now, is that is that the objection you had with Daniel? Yes, that was the only okay. flaw in his picture that I saw on this show. Is it didn't make sense to me that Daniel would do something that stupid. But okay, well, I see. I think that's minor. Yeah, I do too. I think Daniel has proven because. Uh, okay, I think Daniel has proven that he's trying to help these kids out a little bit and trying to to beef them up, I guess you could say, so that they're not so afraid because he was the one that took them to the island mm-hmm. to rifle through all those baggages and things like that. Um, and he was the one that stuck up for them and said, you need to, to Maddie and said, you need to stop treating them like children. Yeah. He is trying to get them to be responsible and to get in the game and like figure it out now because if you don't you're going to get killed i totally right. agree with you and i think you're correct i could see daniel leave, leaving nick there to go to uh to guard him i just don't see mm-hmm. you know with he's already screwing with daniel's head or i mean with chris's head i you know that's just not very observant on daniel's part to leave the kid there yeah because when he was in the room talking to him he was the guy was screwing with him right and daniel was or he kept telling Dan, you know, kept telling Chris, get out of the room. And Chris was like, no, I'm fine. But it, realistically, what's Chris going to do? He doesn't know that Chris has the gun, right? First of all. So the guy has a stake through his chest and he's just about dead. So what could Chris possibly do to screw it up? He has no idea about this gun and how really bad it could be. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you know, he doesn't know. And our buddy Reed, he could live for a long time with that thing in his stomach. Yeah. I mean, that's... It wasn't looking too good. No, but a gut wound like that, that's the why the gut wounds are so bad. It's because you can live a long time with the gut wound. Mm-hmm. But they're not, not very treatable. Yeah. Well, and that was the cool thing, too, to see Daniel treating him. Mm-hmm. Trying to clean the wound and all that stuff. And you know... That he's just trying to get information out of this kid. Right, he was just interrogating the guy. Yeah. He was he was in, using the soft touch, which was really cool. Shows that the guy does know the way around his interrogation rooms. Yeah, he totally knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, uh, the best part was, though, uh, right before, Scott, that quote that you said he, he said, was when Reed was talking, he said he has a dozen men, five boats, three, and then all of a sudden that's when Daniel, like, shove something right in the wound right exactly and the guy just starts screaming <laughs> he doesn't even do that he doesn't yeah, even do that because he was that. like you could tell daniel was just like all right, all right fuck you <laughs> yeah but you know he didn't even do that when he was talking about Ophelia. no he yeah, just yeah, kind of he... smiled at him when, when when he was going on about Ophelia. yep well no because yeah that was after he did right, that to him right yep yep yeah, I mean, he he was he was uh, he was definitely playing that guy like a guitar. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great scene, and I thought the uh, what's his Jesse McCarthy, I believe it's the actor who played yes. Reed, did mm-hmm. did a great job. Yeah, he did. So, did you know who Jesse McCartney was before this show? 
singer maybe i heard some of them about him being a singer i don't know i had no idea who he was so i had to look him up because everybody's like oh my god it's (laughs) jesse mccartney i'm like who the hell is that yeah so he had um some hit called beautiful soul or something like that um that came Mm. out in the 2000s but i wasn't really impressed he was in a boy band oh okay yeah was he hanging out with marky mark I don't think he's of that caliber, even. <laughs> it's way after that, though. What year did you say? It was like 2000 or something, 2002. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, not impressed. But apparently he's huge, so. Uh, I heard a comedian today compare. Uh, he said uh, Mark Wahlberg was a um, alternate dimensions uh, Matt Damon. If if Matt Damon had been born by a crack whore mother. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you hear this? This comedian on the radio. I just died uh, laughing. <laughs> yes, we just lowered the lowered the level right yeah. there. We didn't mean to offend any crack whores. No, sorry about the crack whore moms out there. Um, didn't mean it that way. His uh, story, though, about the uh, tendon... Cutting his dad's tendon. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. that made me cringe. Story. Well, see, that was the weird thing because didn't he say his brother did that? Yes. And then mm-hmm. he came back with, "But my brother's not the bad one." Right. And see, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't. Right. I think his. I think he it was, was weird. You know, he was saying his brother was being protective of him, but he's the one who really got into it. I would think. Yeah, makes me wonder what he was like before the zombie apocalypse. I think he was probably a little psychopath. Sounds it. Yeah. He was in his element now. Yeah, he's enjoying it now. Just like Nick, mm-hmm. except in a different way. In a different way. So I guess the takeaway is that you just need to be a confused teen in the zombie apocalypse, and you'll fit in perfectly. I don't know. Chris hasn't really. Uh, well, he'll no, but he has in a way. He's, he's coming around. He, he's coming around. Now I think Daniel's going to bring him full circle, full tilt. Full tilt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Daniel. Daniel says to Chris, "Do not engage." Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good line, yeah. actually. And then all of a sudden, you're thinking, "Oh, engage is starting." Here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the engage. I see engaging. <laughs> Watch out, it's engaging. Like when you warn somebody not to do something and they do it, do you think maybe he said that just to see if he actually would do something? Uh, no, I think he was serious. Don't engage him. <laughs> that's why i'm saying the judgment was pretty stupid i have to say when nick came down the corridor and that door was open and open and chris was talking to the guy i was like why the fuck does he have that door open right i know um nick's conversation with him was great he was like don't you know don't take the blame for not killing that girl because she was pregnant i wouldn't but, have done the same i would have done the same thing the but. one thing i wanted nick to add though in the conversation is that that reed was trying to hit chris with the fact that uh He's an orphan, and that yeah. the people there are not his blood family, right. and that um, they'll abandon him because of that. You know, Nick heard that. He was in the hallway when that conversation was going on, because you heard the end of it when he was walking up. And he should have said something about that they were family. Mm-hmm. Right. But he didn't say anything like that. But Yeah, uh, I don't know if he heard all of that. I don't know if he got that much detail out of it. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, he felt like he, he needed to say, no, you're, you're one of us. Right, right. But, you know, speaking of family, 
the scene between Ophelia and her father, yes. right outside the door of that room. Mm-hmm. And Ophelia was questioning what her dad was doing in there when she saw all the bloody rags. And he's like, he required attention. What does that mean? And he's like, it's medical attention. Like, come on, lady, like, get it through your head. I'm not trying to hurt everybody out here that I'm actually sincere and you need to start trusting me. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. like that. I thought Ophelia had a couple of good uh, moments on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was good. And I also thought when they were cleaning up the remnants of Reed, her <laughs> statement about um, <laughs> that, you know, this is us now. Mm-hmm. We spill blood and then we have to clean it up. Yeah. I like that they're giving mm-hmm. her more lines. I like that mm-hmm. actress. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I think they're I think they're giving good play to all the characters right now. They're, they've got a good balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're giving voice to some of these characters that we were bitching about uh, even into the beginning of this season who who weren't really seen as participants. They were more just tag along whiners. Right. And uh, and I think it's I think it's it's what's made this season so much better. Because they're developing everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're giving some voice to these characters, and they're able to do it in a way that is not like, um, you know, too chaotic. Right. Right. You know, just subtle stuff every once in a while. You don't need to have a whole lot more than that. I think I think Nick's development is built almost entirely on subtle stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just a comment here or a comment there and yes. so forth like that, and you really get. Yeah, but he has he has a direction, even though he see, seems mm-hmm. like the person that would be have no direction at all. He seems to have like a purpose. Yeah, he's starting exactly to what he's have doing. a purpose. Yeah, Strand seems to have a purpose. Yeah. Uh, Travis still kind of wavering, and then Chris is still kind of wavering as right. to what's going on. Everybody else seems to be well. I, again, the, with Ophelia, they're starting to give her some lines, but mm-hmm. she hasn't really gotten to that point yet. Right. Um, she's just kind of coming around. Mm-hmm. She's more the observer. Um, yeah. And uh, and as Chris Hargwick keeps joking, he says, please don't become the moral compass because then you're dead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Travis is still around. Yeah, Travis, I tell you what. Although his compass never points in a single direction, it seems like. No. <laughs> I also didn't, I, I could not, you know, I thought his conversation with uh, with um, Alex was good, but I didn't quite get why he wouldn't mention more of Strand, because why would, why would, uh, you know, why would he be the focus of her anger and not Strand who cut him off? Yeah, I agree with that. I questioned that at first too, but I think, I think I've got it figured out, like, Daniel, I mean, not Daniel, sorry. Travis had had the option to fight for her to stay on the boat. But he, in her eyes, he chose to put her in that boat, in the other boat, in the Zodiac. And so in her eyes, he kicked her off the boat, and he's the one that's responsible for Jake's death. She doesn't know the entire story, though. She knows nothing about Strand and about the type of person he is and about his rules of the boat and that sort of thing. And so... That, that whole back and forth between them is him in his subtle way saying, that actually was really hard for me to do that to you. And it wasn't something that I wanted to do. It was something that I had to do in order to save your life. So she he was the one person she saw that knew the difference between right and wrong. Yeah. And still let her go. Yes. So he became the focus of the anger. Yes. Because Strand, he's very cut and dry. 
Like she probably could figure out he was not wanting her on that boat. And, but everybody else was kind of waffling. Yeah, exactly. And everybody else was kind of waffling. But then Travis is the one that was like, oh, we can tow your boat behind us and we'll give you food and water, but that's it. So he pretty much condemned them to death in her eyes. Right, right. Well, and Alex even said, I saw it in your face. Mm-hmm. Right. She right. said, I saw I saw it in your face, uh, the decision that you wanted to make, and you didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, she knew that it was kind of, he was the decider. Right. And I and, thought uh, I thought it was strong when she brought up, or was telling him about um, how she had to dispatch uh, Jake, mm-hmm. who was who was dying, and they were out of water and so forth. And um, uh, when Travis said, "Well, you did what you had to do," and she said, "No, I did what you made me do." Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's very true. But and I then he think... followed that up with, uh, "Well, I had to do it too." Right. Right. And I think he kind of won her back by the end of the conversation. Totally. Well, I don't know. I would... Totally. I don't know totally. I mean, I think she's still pretty pissed off. Um, I think but... she's I think she's mad about the situation that she was put in, but I think that she has warmed up to Travis after that conversation. And that's why I'm I'm like 100% sure we'll see her again. Oh, I think we see her next episode. In a good way, too. Mhm. Oh, I think she well, never mind. I'll talk about it later. Um <laughs> <laughs> But I, I now, of course, the line of the night, I thought, was when when she was getting ready to leave and Travis said to her, he says, so what are you going to do? And he said, and she said, um, well, Connor says he has a use for me. And then she paused and she says, no one uses me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that to awesome. me right then was like, she's leaving. She's out of here. Yep. Told you. It's yep. the badass chick flick night. It was. It was. There was a lot of badass chick. We'll talk about Maggie a little, or Maddie a little bit later. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Maddie a little bit later. Can <laughs> <laughs> keep practicing that one? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But, um, so here's what I'm wondering, though, with this whole thing. She requested Travis to be brought back to the ship. What do you think she wanted to see happen to Travis? Was, did she want to see him get tortured, or did she just, you I know? I think she just wanted to face him. Yeah, one just more confront time. him on everything? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't think she cared what happened to him afterwards. Well, I mean, it's a good point. It is a pretty major thing for if you go get those guys, I want that. I want Travis. Mm-hmm. Because what is she going to do with him? I mean, then, then and that's where I, I felt it was a little odd that she was listening to his conversation quite so much. And so in depth, if she's so pissed off at the guy, I'd be like, screw you. You know, yeah. you're in the cage. Yeah. That's it. Because, I mean, she did. I mean, that's pretty big lengths to go have these people go uh, grab him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd think she'd have a lot more to say. That's true. She did. Yeah. She did sit and talk to him for quite a while. Well, she's obviously, I mean, she's she's definitely conflicted because you know we've definitely or we see that she's a a badass and who's who can take care of herself um at least we think so um but she's a little more compassionate than Mm -hmm. some of the badasses on the show Mm -hmm. and well she uh, was compassionate with jake uh um i mean she had uh i guess a personal 
reason for it because um, yeah. she took her his mom's place on flight 462 uh-huh. if everybody doesn't remember that or has not seen it yet um but uh yeah she so felt she, obligated she, to him yeah she felt uh, there's your obligation thing scott yep it was an obligation but she saw something in travis and that was the whole reason why she was so mad at him in the first place uh-huh. um because she saw that there was the compassion in him and he did not stand up for her as you stated Travis coming on board with what Strand said and so forth, I think surprised all of them because um, even even Maddie looked at him like, what? You yeah. know? Right. So it was definitely not something they were expected for him to, to jump on board and support that. And again, I think Travis was just trying to keep the peace, kind of. Well, I think he knew he had, he had told her he would support her. Yeah. You know, when they had that the meeting between the two of them and she said you know we got to be unified in this and he was like i just don't know you know and, and finally he just said you're right you're right right and i think we all know who's running the show there <laughs> of course mm-hmm. maddie maddie's taking control of the situation as she should mm-hmm. well she was controlling uh, nick when nick was saying he wanted to go ashore mm-hmm when he volunteered to go to go, or no, what was he? he was volu- Oh yeah, volunteering to go uh, take the uh, take Reed in, zombie Reed. Yes, right. Where she jumped in, jumped in, and said, "Yeah, I thought it was a great line when she said, uh, when he said, well, why not?'" And she said, "Because you want to do it." Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> I like that part too. Yeah, but we'll we'll talk more about Maddie, but because uh, there's a lot going on with with Maddie in this episode, and uh, I think we could fill a whole hour just on what she was had going on. When they got back on the bridge, and you were dealing with uh, Maddie, kind of taking over the situation with uh, our uh, frozen friend and Luis. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It, you know, and Maddie. Maddie finally showed that she really was in charge of this situation. Even, even uh, you know, Strand had to back her. And again, like we said, like I keep harping on, he was obligated to her when he pointed mm-hmm. that out. And Louise had to back off. Doesn't Louise remind you of Jack Black? Yes, uh, he's better than Jack Black. No, he, but he's like a he's like a thin Nacho Libre. Mm-hmm. I certainly like him <laughs> a lot Nacho better than Hebrew? Jack Black. Really? Oh, I can't stand Jack Black. Seriously? Uh-huh. Oh my god, that's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. I think he's hilarious. He's Scott, well, you, you hated Seinfeld when it first came out, so I did not. I just yeah, didn't watch did. it. You would not watch it at all. So you'll come around. <laughs> yeah, you hated you hated any bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the bass guitars? Ah. Yeah, but you know what? You can't you can't live without it now. No, no, exactly. No, I've I've had my fill of Jack Black, so I'm 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 okay with that. Was one I've experienced over and over again, and really don't care for. Well, anyways, I think he looks like him. Mm-hmm. Spitting image. So he's taller and, really... and not as fat. Yeah, he's super skinny. Um. <laughs> 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 yes, there's many other things. He has very weird facial hair. He does. <laughs> but I do like his, Jack I do like his character. I do like his character because you need you need a guy like that 
who's uh, evidently, you know, he's got a lot of military background or training. And they're going to need somebody yeah. like that. Um, That's where I was a little confused that he jumped in and said how stupid an idea it was to take these guys on because he just took out two people from uh-huh. who knows how far away on a boat. And I was like, come on, man. Well, you he got to be he, on board for this. But he didn't see he didn't see any reason to stick their necks out. You know, he was just like, screw this. Let's just let's just head south. We don't need to well, mess with this. He's still confused as to how they're even going to get any more than two people over the border because that's the deal that he had in the first place. So um, going back to get more people, he's obviously not in favor of. Right. I think Luis will be around for a while. Yeah, I hope he is. Yeah. I don't think I he's like going to be too temporary of a character. I think he's going to be with them for a bit because they, they definitely need someone in their group that has that kind of tactical training and so forth. Mm-hmm. Just to help with some of the storylines. I did enjoy, you know, speaking of Luis's shots, I did enjoy the way uh, Maddie um, explained to Connor over the radio what happened to Red and the other guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I thought that was good. They weren't with the program. Yeah, yeah, that was very good. I was actually thinking about what the hell would I say in that situation? Because <laughs> you don't know really who's on the other line. And uh, just trying to explain, okay, how did we get here and how we still have the boat and... Uh, yeah, we still have your brother. She she managed it with authority. I mean, yeah, it was awesome. She really did a good job. Did you see the way that she and Strand were looking at each other? She would just glance at him and he would nod his head and like, yep, continue with that. Yeah, I, Strand has gotten some respect for her. He certainly does. If anything, as an adversary. Yeah, I think he really respects her. And I, I think he respects the authority that she has with her family and and that she's level-headed and can make a good decision and that's something that you need right now and i think he also suspects there's more behind her than he even realizes yeah you know and and when she i mean when she told strand not to get between her and nick strand's face was uh (laughs) was kind of taken aback with that yeah it was just like oh shit she's for real you know, the other side of it is, though, that he said that we're even, but I don't think that he would necessarily not stick his neck out for her again. Like you're saying that they, you know, he does have respect for her. I think that he would actually do more for her well, what if, if the yeah. situation I mean, came what about the it. conversation between he and Daniel on the bridge? Yeah, that's what I was Where they both came say. to realize that neither one of them had a, had any any relatives in this thing, but they're still in it. Right. Yeah, because I think they're starting to feel a connection with the family, but they're also starting to understand that there's protection in numbers and that you have to stick together in order to survive in something like this. Totally. Yep. You're right on the money on that. Mm-hmm. Definitely the surviving in numbers. But I also liked it when Maddie was like, well, if you don't like it or if you're not up for it, then you can stay behind with the kids. And um, it was like such a slap in the face. Right. And it was like derogatory towards Lewis, Luis, yeah, as Luis. if he's a kid and if, as if he's incapable of handling himself can, in this situation. You can sit at the kids' table. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was. It was a bitch slap. That was awesome. <laughs> so it. So if, if Strand and Luis are as strong as they are, you know, they both kind of feed off of everything that Thomas Abigail has set up for them. So I can't wait to see Abigail and Madison going at it. That will be interesting. If he's still alive. Mm-hmm. He, I think he is. He could be a walker by now. Eh, I think they find him. 
I think they find them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell you one thing though. This is just a small point, but I thought it was kind of humorous. Is that, you know they kept talking about how much money they needed to get across the border. Um, why is money valuable anymore? Well, because remember, it's still only a week and a half since the apocalypse happened. Right. So yeah, I mean, I I, I get what you're saying. So everything is still normal in that respect. I mean, that's why the Mexican government still stands, right? Like, if if that stuff didn't matter anymore, the Mexican government probably would have fallen by now, too. But they're still standing strong at the border and still checking people before they go in and, you know, that sort of thing. So we're not mm-hmm. far enough along for that sort of normal society to deteriorate yet. So do you think we'll slide into Mexico and then watch Mexico break down? That would be awesome. If they could go to Mexico City, which is like such a huge city. There's tons of people there mm-hmm. to see how it all goes down there. That would be awesome. Yeah, but I don't see them doing that because the whole idea is for them to get to that that oasis um, ranch of, of Abigail's, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be away from everything. That's why he liked it. Rancho Relaxo. Rancho Relaxo. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that it's near the water either. So if they get there... And then something goes wrong, it doesn't mean that they'll actually be able to get back to the Abigail boat in order to escape back to the United States. So they might have to go over land in order to get back to wherever they need to go. I don't know why they want to go back to the United States. (laughs) There's nothing there. Maybe they'll go to Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Wherever they go, it's going to be hot because it's like all desert down there. So that's going to be something totally different than what we've seen with The Walking Dead so far. Yes, this is true. Maybe they go to Vegas. Vegas. That would be awesome. Vegas, baby! I would say... uh, I think we need to take a break. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm fine with that. I need a beer, badly. All right, so we're going to run to a break. We'll be back in a minute. I think we're going to talk more about Maddie and all the craziness she's got going on when we come back. Crazy. And uh, get in some of our listener feedback and so forth. See you in a minute. So we're back from the break, and Kim, you made a little discovery while we were on a break. What happened? Uh, we have a frog on our window. Yeah, sorry, everybody. <laughs> if you are hearing a frog during this podcast, it's because it is right outside our window. We always have some sort of animal interrupting us. And the frog yes. did write in to say he loved the show and he wants to stay some more. Yeah. He is a big fan. He He's will not fan. leave. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. It's actually kind of nice and musical. Um, no, but I think I think finally we can start talking about Madison. And like you said, Scott, we got a lot to talk about. Well, I mean, I think I think Madison's character has become um, one of the most complex characters they have. Hmm. I mean, yeah. well, we still don't even know her backstory, right? I mean, she's definitely got some kind of a really really interesting backstory going on here. So she obviously we we know she can take care of herself. 
Mm-hmm. And she's yep. she's not scared to make a decision. But she's also battling with the maternal instinct, you know? Yeah. I mean, part of her is, you know, as, as you pointed out earlier, this is only a week and a half or so into all this mess. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard for her to, to go full badass, you know? I mean, she's... She's trying to protect her kids at the same time because she knows she can protect the kids. Right, mm-hmm. right. And now she's also starting to get a little bit more maternal with Chris when they were sitting on the bed and she reached over and gave him a hug. Mm-hmm. I think she's she's struggling with all these like all these things going on inside of her about what she needs to do and who she needs to be and who is she to Travis and who is she to her kids and you know all this stuff is going on in her head. But at the same time, she also needs comforting from Travis, and she's not getting that either. That's true, but she's she's kind of. I think she's kind of. Um, I think she's kind of scared Travis a little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's <laughs> she's taking charge, she's, and yeah, and uh, you know, and in 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 a very subtle way, she took it over, mm-hmm. and now she's kind of running the show. And Strands even had to back off a little bit. Right. Um, I thought her. Um, I thought her interactions with Nick were the most telling. I mean, because, mm-hmm. you know, Strand keeps pointing out that he recognizes that Nick is perfect for this situation. He's going to survive here better. You know, I think even Nick said something about, oh, I'm OK out there, you know, and um, and, you know, she's still his mom. She She doesn't necessarily recognize him that way, you know, because she's been trying to protect him for years. Right. So, you know, he may be recognized like that by Strand, but she hasn't, you know, totally got on board. She will. I think we all know that eventually she's going to be comfortable with these kids participating. But right now she's struggling with it. Right. When she told him to back off, too. She told Strand to back off. Yep. And then she put Nick in his place. And Nick didn't really, I mean, he he was like, Mom, no, I don't want, you know, he's like totally little kid again. Right. But, um... You know, he didn't really object to the fact that she was going. I mean, I, shit, I wouldn't let my mom go into that situation. You know, I mean, it, which is telling in the fact that she, you know, he understands that she's strong, that she can handle it. Well, I think he was also, I think he was a little shocked, uh, to tell you the truth. I mean, when he came at the second time, you know, when he threw his boots into the into the boat, he really expected he was going to get her out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and her line to him about, you know, he's, he said, well, why do you want to go? And she said, because, because you want to. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because you want to. Right. And that <laughs> I mean, it's really like, kind of just shook up Nick a little bit. Yeah, right. You're, you're enjoying it a little too mm-hmm. much. That her comment about him with the gun. Yeah, right don't now. get used to it. Yeah, you're getting too comfortable with that. Well, I think the other part of that, too, is that she sees that addiction behavior coming back with Nick when she says you because you want to go on this expedition mm-hmm. I think and and the whole gun thing I think she's seeing that he's getting very excited about the excitement yeah it's his adrenaline high exactly right, right. and right. so that behavior is concerning her because how far is he going to push it what kind of right. person I think she's worried is he going to be worried he's too reckless right right that he's too reckless right and um, I think she really feels like she needs to protect him from all of that right now. Until she can even figure out what's going on. Right. You saw it in the last episode. She didn't see it firsthand. But when he was 
all covered in the blood, and he was going up to the zombie, and he started growling back at the zombie. I mean, he was trying to see how far he could really push it. Right. Uh-huh. Which is a little dangerous to be doing in this kind of situation. Yep. Because yeah. there are no rules. No one knows what's going to happen out there with these things. Mm-hmm. You know, they still don't. You know, the whole thing about, um, you know, Chris talking about it was going to turn, and, and she was kind of like, well, we don't know that. And he was like, everybody turns now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they haven't totally come up with that yet, you know? Right. That's a, still a rather new concept to them. That everybody dies is going to turn. Mm-hmm. No, I just, I think Maddie's, she's become, um, I think, you know, a couple episodes ago, we even said we didn't know what Travis and Maddie were. At least now I think we know what Maddie is a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And she's developed a hell of a lot more. And um, for her and... Scott, even if you had an objection with Daniel tonight, mm-hmm. I think his character was was awesome tonight. I think well, they did both were were really well. I think he did showcased. one. He did one valuable thing, and that's he showed Maddie that she's correct. That these kids are not out there to handle themselves yet. I mean, Daniel yeah. left him in charge. Left Chris in charge of Reed, and Reed ends up dead. Mm-hmm. He wasn't able to handle it, so maybe Daniel gave him a little bit too much leash. Yeah, but I don't disagree totally with his point. You no. got to throw people into the fire to see where they stand, yep. you know? Um, yep. And even if they're kids, I mean... It's hard to do that yeah. with your kids, though. Yeah, with your oh, own I agree. Kids. Ex- well, I know. That's why he's doing it, because mm-hmm. it isn't his own kids. So he's, you know, he has a little bit easier time putting them in those situations. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you in this, in this world, you got to see where everybody stands, whether it's... Uh, 12 year old like coral or mm-hmm. if it's you know um an 80 year old uh-huh. whatever right. <laughs> this, I mean, you got to see kind... what people's true abilities are when they're mm-hmm. in put in situations because everything is so limited now this kind of reminds me of girl scouts <laughs> okay that's what i was gonna say i, I know it's weird but like as <laughs> i'm i'm also the girl scout leader of our troop and there's three of us three leaders and we went camping recently, and when our girls were going up to do something, the other leaders stepped in to um, praise them and encourage them, and the moms did it too, but we kind of took a step back a little bit, and it forced the girls to see, okay, I can do this, and you're not embarrassed by what your family is thinking of you. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Uh-huh. Like, Yeah, getting, getting like a third party. Yeah, third party validation. Exactly. And I think that's what I think that's Daniel's role in this whole scenario is that he's trying to get these kids to to break out of their shell and 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 push themselves to do something new that they've never done before. But the problem for parent is that it's been too soon. Well, of course. You know, I mean, I think Daniel's maybe Daniel's doing it a little bit too early. The problem for Daniel is that Chris is still a dumbass. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) no matter what he does completely proved him wrong that guy i mean seriously you not only did he shoot the guy he shot him in the face on the cheek he didn't even shoot him correctly he didn't kill him i know right (laughs) oh man yeah he he, chris i keep hoping pretty bad but for all the development that's happening with all the characters i keep hoping chris comes around i think something's gonna He's so frustrated. Gonna make a prediction. I think something big is gonna happen with Chris in the next episode. Like he dies. 
I don't know. He might. I think you pointed out some good stuff with Chris. I mean, he's figuring stuff out more than quick, more quickly than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's they all turn right. Right. Um, he's he's going off on his own. He was in the airplane and stuff, and you know, he had already started killing the zombies a little bit more e- easily than some of the other people. It seemed like, yeah, and then when he's in the airplane, he's pushing himself a little bit more. But he's fucked um, up in a major way a couple times. He and, has, and it's he, every affecting. It's, it's affecting him. Yeah, it's making him. Uh, it's making him not trust his instincts at all. Yeah, he's careless. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you saw him after he shot Reed. He was devastated. Mm-hmm. He was begging, begging Matt, Maddie to, you know, validate that he was going to turn. <laughs> yeah, he said, uh, I screwed up, didn't I? Yeah, especially when he found out that there was a trade on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's she's trying to protect him again. And then he even said thank you when she gave him that hug. Right. He is just a little boy that is lost. That's all he is. He's lost his mother. He's lost everything that is normal in his life. He can't even trust father right now. He has no idea which way is up. Right. And And he's trying to discover himself. And you have guys like Reed even undermining it even more. Yep. Telling him you're not blood with these people. Yeah, right. You know. So, yeah. No, I think think that kid's in crisis right now. Mm Mm-hmm. I have to tell you though, when when uh, Daniel flipped it and and put the bag on the Walker's head, mm-hmm. Walker Reed's head, yeah, that was awesome. That was a great moment. I was like, oh hell yeah! <laughs> hey, got a question though. Why in the hell was Travis have a bag on his head? I don't know. They it seemed like they had like a bag head agreement going on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it's like they're like they just had bags handy. They're like, oh yeah, trade, you know. But, I mean, Let's you, you put a bag you put a bag on somebody's head so that they don't see where they're going, right? Right, I know. Right, right. It's pretty so stupid. I, I'm not quite sure why. So Madison's standing there, and he's still got a bag on his head. So Madison's seeing everything that's going on. Uh huh. I just I mean, when he walked out with the bag on his head, I was or they were putting it on his head. I was like, huh? What? I thought this was an exchange. They just looked at it's each just, other and like, yeah, they were stupid. They were doing it. I think they just did it so they could put the bag on the walker's head. But I mean, I thought it was well, odd. of course, it was all part of the storyline. Yeah. yeah, it was a weird um, <laughs> bag head. It's good but story. then when they uh, took the bag off of his head, and he saw Connor, Con- and Connor puts his arm up to protect oh, yeah. his face or whatever, and and Reed bit his arm. Mm-hmm. Why did he put his arm up? I, I don't he, understand that part. Didn't he say you look hungry? You look hungry, is that what you said? He was trying to fend him <laughs> off. I think he was in shock. No. He was fending him off. Pushing him it away. looks so awkward. Mm-hmm. Well, he the, is, what, what, his what should have happened? <laughs> what should have happened is Reed went in for the neck. There was no reason for him to put his arm up. It just looked really awkward and forced. It was only for the gag. That's the only reason he put his arm up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so. he was fending him off, I guess. Now, I don't know what the, what the dunderhead standing next to a... Next to um, Connor was doing. I mean, that guy just standing here watching, and all of a sudden he gets bit. Like, it was, wow. Yeah, actually, both of them. I was surprised the one guy in the. Well, at least red one guy tried to fight. Shirt. Yeah, he he actually went after Travis. Right, but the, but, but um, the other guy just got mauled. Yeah, I yeah, 
I, I'm not. That whole scene was just kind of weird. <laughs> it was kind of weird. <laughs> I think that's what Kim's point is. Is like Connor's like, here's this big guy that you know, or and he's got two huge guys on the side of him that are willing to protect him, and yet this one zombie like takes him out. It's kind of odd. Well, you know, she shoved him and she shoved the zombie into him. You know, yeah. she freed the freed the zombie's hands and then threw him forward into him. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Connor threw his arm in his mouth. Right. Well, it just you know, seemed I... like slow mo. Like <laughs> yeah. his arm well, was. You know, there he is the chef. It. Maybe he was worried the zombie was hungry. Seriously, though, I mean, I've seen that kind of thing with with so many times with The Walking Dead and so forth, where the the character just kind of stands there and gets eaten because they've got all this this. Uh, uh, Makeup and all this stuff on there, yeah. so they have to have like, that. Thing. Oh, you missed this blood bag. Yeah. Get oh, wait a minute. Bite my cheek, and I'll just stand here and let you do it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. That's silly. Ah. I mean, you'd be fighting people off. You'd be like, ah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's like, like you said, the the guy next to him, like, wouldn't he be trying to rip Connor away or get yeah. the zombie off or something, something. like that? He would have stepped yep. in somehow. <laughs> he was at the craft table. He's eyeing a Danish. Hmm. It was the crap. <laughs> nice. nice. So, what did you guys think about Daniel's friends, his voices? Okay. That was weird. That was very weird. Uh, unexpected. And I don't know sh- how much I feel like I want to have this in the storyline. Um, <laughs> did you catch when he first when he first had his encounter with the voice? Well, I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but Ophelia... Was in the hallway with him. This yes. was right after Chris was put on guard duty. And she said, que paso, which means what's wrong. And he said, when the mind goes places, it shouldn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because remember, he, he just, just stares kind of zoned off blankly. out. He just kind mm-hmm. of zoned out. And I think that was the first time he started oh, wigging out. That was it? Yeah. There was, okay, I thought there was some other thing that you... No, you no, but I mean, you know, it was important because, you know, this guy was very intense and he yeah. was talking to her about the situation. Then all of a sudden, he could just kind of blanked out. Yep. And when when we did hear the voices, I really thought somebody else was in the room with him. Right. It was so clear. Um, but what do you think the voices are? Do you think it's his past catching up with his... <laughs> Stuart, say that line. What is it? <laughs> past is catching up with my good... I don't even know it. I don't know if I said it. Thanks for sharing that. messing up my good life there you go (laughs) my past is messing up my good life um but do you think his past is catching up with him or i honestly have no idea what that was about i really don't it was just so odd just kind of thrown in there like that well that's what i think i think he's starting to lose it i don't know why he would be losing it now I really think that this is part of his past, but I don't know what is triggering it. I don't know. I just couldn't figure out why it was there. It just was an it was odd, kind of, odd introduction to the plot. I agree. It was kind of an awkward placement. Well, especially but, since, I mean, he is, uh, he was kind of being such a badass and coming into his own. And all of a sudden it was like, who the hell is that in the room? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if there was any was character, so clear. right? If there was any character that was, seemed to be in control of themselves, it was him. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I guess that's your plot twist right there. Yeah, but geez, man, it's kind of good to have somebody in there that is controlling themselves. I, I mean, I know when I saw that, I wrote down a note that said, "Oh, good, Crazy Rick's back." <laughs> <laughs> well, did Rick ever have anything like that though? He saw Lori yes. and all that other shit for a long time. Yeah, he saw oh, ghosts. that's right. Okay. Well, yeah, but this was—I mean, that's where this was like he wasn't seeing anybody. Yeah, it was just but that's like, just the start, was... Stuart. That's just the start. Okay, that's what I know, happened. but it was just such a clear voice. So it was—it was very. It was actually kind of confusing. Yeah, because it really did um, sound like someone was in the room. Right. Well, even he looked around like, "What? What's going on?" Right. Trying to find somebody, but the voice said, "Take the gun, mm-hmm. Daniel. Take the gun." So that makes me wonder: Is it? a flashback or something happening from the very first time that he had to kill somebody because he was in the room with Walker Reed. Maybe the fact that Chris has just killed this guy is bringing this all up or something. And that's Chris's first, not his first kill, but you know, one of his first kills. It's just a stressful situation. And so it's, you know, it obviously is bringing something up, but, um, yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't even we'll, had a chance we'll to deal out. with his wife dying yet. I I guess you know it was a male voice, mm-hmm. so we know it was a guy. But I don't know, Kim. I mean, I think anything we say on this thing is total speculation because there is no clues as to what that's about. Yeah, we don't like to speculate. And it was in English. Yeah, it's in Spanish, right? No, it was in English, no. so you would get would have been in Spanish. I thought it was in Spanish. I thought it was subtitle. Was it? Yeah. Oh, now I got to go back and look. I'll go back and look too. But anyways, yeah. the point is. I still think that it's something from his very first days of having to be the interrogator and having to kill somebody or torture somebody at least. Actually, you know what? It no, wasn't what? it wasn't Spanish, Kim, because you said it to me because you translated it when it actually happened. Okay. Okay. Well, that's sorry. Good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step. I didn't mean to step on your point but yeah you translated it to me i do remember that because okay. i don't know spanish kim is relatively fluent in spanish mm-hmm. so i wouldn't say that but <laughs> all i can say kim is i can't even you know it was so out of place and it was such a strange thing to pop in all of a sudden that i have no speculation on it. i don't know what the hell that was about I really, I really would rather not see Daniel go down that road. To Me tell you the neither. truth, nah. I just we don't need that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't need crazy Daniel hearing voices. You know. Yep. I, I, that's a plot twist I would not be in favor of. So, if that's what they're yeah. planning. But all right, so we'll see. What about um, Alicia and Jack? Hmm. The confrontation um, on the bow of the boat. And I have to say, I am kind of glad that's over. <laughs> I, I, I like Alicia a little bit more. but Stu I is was... against young love. Yeah. I want you to know that, folks. Yeah, He's well, I'm sorry. Again, going into relationship stuff, just like they ended out the uh, Walking Dead season. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I have more important things to be dealing with right now. And this, this Jack guy, like, obviously Alicia's using him. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you don't think Alicia has feelings for him? Well, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of think maybe there's a little bit there, but really, I think there's more. She's more um, tied to her family, obviously. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think she understands that this guy's using her. Well, I thought, uh, it was... which is why she's hiding from 
him right. in the kitchen in the, in the in first the cabinet, place. Right. Yeah, right. But, I just thought it was insane that um, he was surprised that she would pick her family over him. I mean, I know. you know, saying yeah, right. that they abandon Alex and they'll do it to you. I That didn't make any sense, number one. And number two, he but was with a gang of killers see. that were supposed to have killed his, her family. Right. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, and he knew about it. Mm-hmm. She, that's why she smacked him with the clipboard. Yep. And and so why in the hell would he, in in any way, would she pick him over her family? Right. I don't know. I was I perplexed about that, too. It was an odd confrontation, <laughs> to say the least. But damn, how awesome was it that she slid off the edge of the boat? <laughs> that was cool. But I That think, was unexpected. It was. I think you made a pretty good prediction right after that, though, because, and I think um, it kind of leads to the point of what Scott's saying. I think this guy's a little off. Mm-hmm. Little wiggy woggy. Yeah, and I think he will be back. Yeah, like he's a I think he'll be back eventually. Yeah. yeah, I think he will be. Um, but uh, one of the questions that I had was, why in the very beginning did Connor treat her so differently? than other people because remember he made the steak for her and right. jack was like wow he made you a steak that's yeah, new said, yeah he said that's a first for that yeah so did did what did connor see in alicia well that it, made it, him it, want to treat right. her that way it, it, i think jack even said what do you do to people or something yeah you know, that's like, i don't know i mean i didn't understand it either i mean it kind of was uh, I, I don't know what's so special about her that would make him do that well Uh, connor said that uh jack spoke very highly of her and it was and explained how special she was to him again i think uh jack might have been had a little bit maybe he had a little bit more clout than we give him credit for maybe so he sure he sure wanted to leave pretty quick though yeah Yeah, but that might have been to control the situation could be well could be the other thing that I thought was weird was that she's brand new on the boat, but yet they have her on the captain's deck looking mm-hmm. for other boats to take over, and he's teaching her how to do it and what to say and all that stuff. I'm like, you know, you should probably give her a little bit of time because you just did this to her family, and she doesn't mm. know yet if her family's alive, but yet you're teaching yeah, her how to kill other people. Well, you know, it's 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 summertime. She's a teenager. She needs a summer job. <laughs> and where you the know. hell is she going mean, to drive the boat? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she can't really hurt anything. They're in dry dock. It's not like working at Carowinds. <laughs> She's not driving Whoa, the don't boat hit anywhere. That button. She's telling them where to go. <laughs> I know. <I'm> kidding. <laughs> saying she can't break anything. But but again, why would why would why would Alicia run off with a guy who's pointing at the screen, going, "You live, you die, you <laughs> yeah, live, it was, you die." Yeah. Yeah, and then My forty four. Okay, that's the Abigail, and he doesn't that's get right. it right away yeah. that My forty four is the Abigail, and he has to take the clipboard to look for it. And she's like, "Uh, that's my family's boat. Like, why are they here so fast? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. I don't know. The whole thing just was weird and off." I didn't get it. Yeah, I th- it was an odd confrontation. I did like I did like Alicia in the um, episode, though. Oh yeah, I liked her too. She had some fantastic hair too, by the way. Let me just tell you, <laughs> the apocalypse ain't keeping that popping. Exactly. If oh, I am ever on. in the apocalypse, I want to figure out what her hair product is because she's running all through this boat, and not a hair is out of place. Even when she jumps in the water, her hair is mm-hmm. perfect when she comes and her, out. 
And her makeup's perfect. Yes. Good God. <laughs> she popped out of the water and it said, bling. Yeah. Bling. <laughs> but. Um, I need some foundation. I thought it was also kind of funny <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> um, she almost blew it because she's running through the boat looking for everybody. And she's like, where where did everybody go? And she, little does she know that Travis is now being right. handed over to her people and that she was supposed to be handed over to her people if she had been where she was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have had to deal with all this stuff. Yeah. And so she almost missed her opportunity to get him. No, but it was a good stressful situation. You know, yeah. It was like, well, how is she going to get out there now? <clears throat> now that they're making the switch. Well, you know, mm-hmm. and, and even when they were putting the bag over... Um, Travis's head and Connor said to uh said to uh to them okay bring me bring me the girl and and Jack was kind of like oh well you said I was going to be able to you know he's like nope times things have changed situation's different you know so he I think he was still going to try to hide her somewhere or something so she she went out on her own to go see if she could find Travis she had no Mm -hmm. idea all this other garbage was going on Mm -hmm. I know I know but she almost screwed it up for herself too she almost did but there was a lot of almost screw ups. I mean, and I Chris's was, almost screw up. I was surprised yeah. that Maddie and Travis got in the boat and they're heading out, and she's able to jump like twenty feet out in front of them. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was like, man, you know, I would be really stressed as to like, where are they? Can I get near them? And she just jumped right. I'm off not the jumping side. down there. there. They are. The yeah. hell, I'm going to do that. Movie magic. I was hoping to see some more walkers or floaters under the water too, reaching up for her from the depths, <laughs> the bowels of the ocean. That was a cool scene. Ah, uh, that would have been funny. Yes, it was a cool scene. Well, is there anything else about the episode that you guys wanted to touch on that we haven't talked about already? I got, I got a small thing. Okay, a small thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and this is one for you. Um, I was reading online somewhere, and I can't even, I honestly don't remember where I read it, but they were talking about uh, the scene with um, Reed and the bag over his head, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, they were saying uh, that it was it was a lot like one of the scenes um, in the comic book, mm-hmm. I think, where, um, uh, who was the character? Holly? Yeah. I guess is brought back to Alexandria with a bag over her head, even though she was a zombie. Yep. And then she attacks Denise. Yep. So maybe they were using this scene as kind of a homage to that. Right. I saw that same article that was supposed. Oh, okay. To, that was supposed to be our news item tonight. Oh well, how about that? <laughs> um, but uh, er- uh, Dave Erickson said that that had nothing to do with the Walking Dead comic book. And it was pure coincidence. Okay. So I gave up too easily on that one. <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to bring up about this episode was the idea of family. We've we've seen that hmm. obligation is definitely a theme that's been going on this whole season, but now it seems more and more that family's coming back into it. And even Reed said when he was talking to Daniel and Chris that blood's all that matters now um but it feels more like a the whole feel of the show is starting to feel more like a family Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of starting to feel like the walking dead to me 
um, where Strand and Daniel are the strong men, but they can also be a little bit softer that we're discovering. Mm -hmm. And then Madison cares for her children, but she's starting to harden a little bit and becoming that strong person that she needs to be to protect everybody. And then everybody else is still trying to figure out their place and their role in the new world. But the whole episode has has a different feel to it now. Like, like I'm starting to feel more connected to these people. Like they are becoming family. It's like a cohesive unit, a lot more of a cohesive unit. Uh, They may have different motivations bringing them together, but they are working as a unit. Um, I could definitely, I I definitely see Maddie is sliding into the Rick role. Mm -hmm, I do too. Not a nutcase like Rick, but, but, you know, take charge person who can handle herself and can handle the action that comes up mm-hmm. and will, is not scared to make the hard decisions. Right. Right. Yeah. So I just thought it was cool that up to this point, we've all been talking about how this cast or the characters rather have not been really working for us. And now it seems like they're starting to pull it together and the writers are starting to figure out the flow of the, of the show. And it just seems just seems better. I'm starting to dig okay. it. Good, good, good observation. I agree totally. I think uh, we're just definitely getting to a point where we can start caring about some of these characters. Exactly. Yeah. So that's all I had. Well, cool. Yeah. Do we, do we have any other notes on the episode that anybody wants to bring up? Nope. I'm good. You are good, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you have your Twitter up? <laughs> Don't you talk about my Twitter on this podcast. You know, if you keep your Twitter up for four hours, you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> May require medical attention. <laughs> now, we had some we had some good feedback off Twitter. Um, do you want me to go ahead and read some? Yeah. Please. Okay, yeah. We, uh, Ryan the Lion. Scott, I think you loved that one. Hercules Handy. Yes, Hercules Um, Handy. Way to go, bro. (laughs) He said, uh, thought it was a great episode. Connor wasn't so badass. Reminded me of this guy, which is the guy that was uh, uh, Negan's main man, the motorcycle guy. Yeah. Yeah. He got killed off. The Jester, I think you called him. The Jester. Oh, that's good. I like that. And Madison is a definite leader, which I think... Yeah, I think a lot of people were talking about how great Madison was in this. Um, and Lady Dixon KR said, agreed. Connor's death was kind of lame to me. Uh, like, let's put my arm right into the walker's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then she followed it up with, great episode. We are really getting to um, into the character's death now and changing and evolving. I can see Madison as the new Rick. Hey, y'all agree. Which Scott here, here. said, yeah, Scott was saying it was uh, taking on the Rick role. And I think we had, oh, one more. Um, Dakara said, awesome episode. It's a shame the scene between Alex and Alicia was cut, which was hmm. something they mentioned um, on The Talking Dead. And they wonder where Alex is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, we really didn't nope. discuss that, did we? Where do you think she no. is? Well... I think she's on the Abigail. Really? Yeah. How do you think she I think got she there? snuck on the Abigail. I think she snuck she when she left out of there and all the how chaos the hell would was she going do that? on. She took a dinghy or something out there. 
while they're all focused on the other stuff. Right after she says no one uses me? Yep. Hmm. That's cool. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But, I mean... Just a thought. I could see it happening. We, I mean, I do think she's coming back, and I think she'll be back next episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I did... I wanted to mention one other thing. I think we had... Um, we were talking junk about people in Madagascar last time because we, we realized that we actually had a listener in Madagascar. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, if you're not familiar, Madagascar is a country off the coast of Africa. If you didn't know that, then you should look at some geography. But mm-hmm. <laughs> don't get the window seat in geography class, please. No, no. <laughs> I think I believe their primary language is French. Um, and we have a listener. OTH Madagascar, who did say, yes, we do have internet over here. Yes, we listen to podcasts. Yes, we exist like for real. Love Madagascar. (laughs) Which uh, we, in turn, said, listen, we love you and so glad you are listening to us over there. And got a reply, I wasn't mad, just wanted to clarify, because you guys seem lost. (laughs) (laughs) So we appreciate you so much and all the other many countries and continents who are picking us up, which we never thought would actually happen. (laughs) No, we didn't. I mean, this is fantastic. And and any of these comments are great. I mean, you know, we've had good ones and we had bad ones. We we just want to hear them. Yeah, um, hey, um, we got uh, Maharashtra, uh, Maharashtra, India out there Habes wow. Hungary Beijing China uh Louth Ireland Cool and... motherland Oh yeah is it okay Uh Glasgow right, City Stuart. UK Queensland Australia mm. Um I just want to make sure everybody knows I'm not tracking anybody it just happens to show cities. <laughs> so it, we're excited that everybody's excited about our podcast. So I, I want to hear from some of you people out there in the other countries to, and like tell us what how people like Fear the Walking Dead. Like, you know, in the other countries, do you like it better than The Walking Dead? Are you even able to see it on TV? Are people watching it? Yes. I mean, I thought they were only showing it in um, the UK. There is the internet. Okay, good. Um, for some reason, we're still getting lots of input, or not input, lots of downloads from Missouri. 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 We love you, yeah. Missouri. We do love you, Missouri. What's going on, Missouri? Talk to us. Talk to us. Let us know why you love us. <laughs> or, or hate us. Or use, you, use us in your schools. We don't know. I love it. <laughs> um, well... On that note, we also got a new iTunes review. So we got five out of five stars, thankfully. So this is from Ag Grononite, and he or she, I don't know who what you are, uh, said, this is the Fear the Walking Dead podcast that I look forward to the most. I also appreciate that they enjoy the show. They add funny tidbits along with interesting takes on each episode. Thanks for a great recap. You are welcome. Awesome. Thank you for a great review. We needed some ego boost. We did. Yeah, that's awesome. That is really cool. Um, And now for news, Scott took my one news item. But the other news item is that some of the 
some of the ratings have been released. And right now, Fear the Walking Dead is at 4.8 million viewers. Wow. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So even though it's a lot lower than what The Walking Dead is at, mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of understandable, that's still really awesome. And it's still the number two rated show on AMC. Because most of those mm-hmm. most of those shows are around one to two million and they're already at four point eight. But like when when um season one premiered, it was at six point eight six million. Right. Right. And then and it when steadily it, dropped the last couple of episodes, but but still, um to put it in perspective, shows like um Breaking Bad, which averaged until their last season one point five to three million. Wow. Seriously? An episode. Yes. Or uh, Mad Men, 1.5 to 3 million was their average episode. Um, uh, Better Call Saul is averaging about 2 million an episode. Wow. So, you know, even though they have steadily fallen, they've kind of they've kind of maxed or kind of leveled out a little bit around 7.3 or 4.7 or 4.8. Yeah. But uh, that's still way above these other shows that we all consider to be, you know, the benchmarks for some of the uh, AMC shows, especially when you're talking about like Breaking Bad. Yeah, and they're saying that one of the reasons that they've lost some of their ratings is because they're now going up against um, Game of Thrones. Head on. Yeah, can you imagine? But they won't be in August. No, they won't. Mm. They will be on their own in August, so it'll be really interesting to see where the ratings go in August. Yeah, well, as I was going to say, the um, week one of season two was only a little bit lower than week one of season one. It was like mm-hmm. 6.8 versus 6.7. So mm-hmm. how do they factor in like the on-demand stuff or do, or do they, or can they? I think that's a different rating system. Yeah. It this is. is more active this TVs is watching. Yep. Cause I, I would have to Households say for watching. Yeah. For, for that show, for uh, game of Thrones, Miracle Saul, all that stuff. I would, I would say, has a huge following, mm-hmm. solely in like on-demand watching now. So yeah. yeah, but that's amazing that they would be that far ahead. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was reading a lot about how the the ratings were falling since the first episode, but when you put it in perspective, though, you know they're still doing great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you would expect it all to fall from the. I mean, mm-hmm. the first the first episode, everybody's jumping in on on it. Um, I'm I'm just so surprised that it's that high after that. Such their their first season was you know their breakout season, right? Their first six episodes, and uh, it wasn't that great. And when you see some of the Twitter comments and things like that, people are like super surprised how good it is. Yeah, and you know, I mean, they did average that first season. The 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 debut um was at 10 million and wow the average was at 6.6 for the first season god it's amazing yeah so there was a lot of people that were really wanting to get into the show mm-hmm. well hopefully you know hopefully a lot of people will jump back over. over. Yep. yeah i'll be real interested to see what happens after the hiatus and we come back in august yeah mm-hmm. Well, the season, I think we we're all in agreement that this this uh season has been so much better. Um mm-hmm. but like you said Scott, you you watched the first one again, and you're like, you know, actually it was really good. Mhm. Yeah. You're, you're very surprised at how good it actually was. 
Maybe right. we just came in a little harsh. I don't know. Well, it was... We didn't know what to expect, you know? Too comparative? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think you're actually right on that. Um, we had great expectations, and it took a while for these characters to develop. We're used to characters that have been developed over the last six seasons Yeah. with The Walking Dead. And... We saw a brand new thing, and we saw where we wanted it to go. Yeah, and you know, the other thing too, Stu, and it's the thing that we compliment them on is um, they have made themselves a different show than The Walking yeah, Dead. I think I mean, it's, all, it's great that they have. The pacing is completely different. Yep. And the the uh, material that they're having to go through and so forth is happening much faster than it happens on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're, they're really coming... To, and it took a little while for them to establish that. I think we all still think it was a little annoying that they skipped, like, whatever it was, nine weeks or something. Nine days. Nine days, excuse me. Nine weeks, nine days, whatever. Nine months. Um, nine months. Nine years. Oh, yeah. Nine years. So Maddie um, had that kid, and we're like, what the hell? Where did he come from? <laughs> but, um, yeah, the nine days that were lost there was a little annoying. But, mm-hmm. nonetheless, the, the series has, um, I think, really done a lot to establish itself at this point. Yep. I agree. Are we done with the news? Yeah. Okay. Is that going to next week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so next week on Fear of the Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 6. That was the Cambridge Singers singing their hit, Psychic Service, which is the title of next week's episode. <laughs> which means, evidently, like a deer? I don't know. Kim, can you yeah. clue us in a little bit on that uh, Psychic Service? Yeah, we were very interested in what this all meant. So, Psychic Service, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but it means like a deer. And it's from Psalm 42. And... It's um, set to music, so I'm trying to find it. Hold on. I'm actually having flashbacks now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can tell you, while Kim is looking that up, um, the episode will have conflict erupts in the final push towards Strand's destination. Chris makes a decision that shakes the family, and Nick meets a new maternal figure. Hmm. That's weird. Hmm. That kind of creeps me out a little bit. Um, well, what do you think about that? Okay, yeah, so the, um, translation from the psalm is, As the deer longs for running water, so longs my soul for you, O God. Maybe they're longing to get the Baja. I have no idea. Maybe. Um, (laughs) I have no idea what that means. (laughs) That's probably one of the, the stranger, um, titles. Mm-hmm. They've ever used. Like well, we'll have to see what happens in the story. Well, I, I think I mentioned before, or at least I mentioned in our discussions earlier, that you know that AMC had released a few photos where it shows they're in Mexico now, mm-hmm. or possibly. I don't know. Possibly. Um, the graphics definitely seem like they are from what I'm seeing. Um, but. Um, this maternal figure for Nick? I don't know. That one's weird. Maybe that's Alex. Uh, huh? I can't I see that. 
Uh, she's a little too close in age to him to be the maternal figure. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's Luis's mother. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah, I can see it. her because she's badass as hell. Right. From what Luis was saying, Nick uh, may be really impressed with her. Yep. Yeah. That's probably true. It could yep. be. Could be. And evidently, Chris is making a big decision. Um, Maybe I hope it doesn't mean he's going to pop in. So Maybe he'll leave the You know group. what? He's made he's made many big decisions that have been big disasters yes. so far. So we'll he's see. He's not proven himself to be a good decision maker. Mm-mm. No. No. So. <laughs> I feel frog bad. is awesome. <laughs> I feel bad for the actor. He's trying to. Yeah, the frog is our, our fourth commentator. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll call him Ross. I didn't realize he was so loud. <clears throat> um, so actually, for for a change, I'm really looking forward to next week. We've only got two episodes left. Yep. Before exactly. the summer break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been I've been excited about every episode. I so think far. we're leading up to something pretty big. Mm-hmm. So there might maybe there'll be yep. a showdown in Mexico. Ooh, maybe they're running into Clean Eastwood. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see if if what Strand is trying to go get Strand and Luis are trying to get to is even there anymore, like you guys were saying. Uh Um, You know, there's a good chance that it's already overrun. So I I I still think it's there. I mean, and 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 more and more, I think about the Nick with the maternal figure. I really think they find those people still at that compound. Yeah, but the other side of that is since it's taken Luis and Strand so long to get back. Um, Abigail, Thomas Abigail, might have gotten so concerned that he left and went back to the United States to try to find them. Could be. And so there's that whole thing. Like like two ships yeah. passing in the night? Yeah, and another mega yacht. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Abigail, too. So I don't know. Yep, yep. So I would say that we'll look forward to next week. And as far as this week, I think it's a wrap. What do you guys think? Uh, my birthday's on Friday, so yeah. Thanks for the reminder. Yep, thank you. So yeah, and listeners out there, if you want to send presents, <laughs> cards, money, and <laughs> uh, any flowers. Send it to the Kind Fund. Yeah, Kim, send it to Kim. Uh-huh. She will be expecting it. But it's going to be an awesome birthday because it's Friday the 13th. It is ah. Friday the 13th. It's perfect. Kim is looking for enough funds to fix that toe. Yeah. I am. <laughs> well, I'm going to be partying it up with my girlfriend in Charleston. Oh, you're ditching the family on your birthday? Yeah. Heck yeah, yeah I'm man. Screwed. That's like the perfect birthday present for me. <laughs> so, Stuart um, doesn't even have to Stuart, buy They're going to take Stuart home in a body bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to try and take the kids to a baseball game. So hopefully uh, I do not die. Insane. Do you need some value? Friday the 13th. Yeah, I will need a lot of everything. Okay. I'm going to have to run by growler time and, and get some <laughs> drinks. Friends at growler time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Kim, yeah, you said you're gonna do a haunted tour, possibly. Uh, down yeah, we're in Charleston. gonna we're gonna do a ghost tour, hopefully Friday night on Friday the thirteenth. So cool. I'll let you know what happens All if right. anything. Should be fun. okay. And I do expect my my two uh, podcast mates to come up with some good craft beers next week. Yes, oh, sir. We will. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> um. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. 
Um, you can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Facebook and on the web at www.fearmepodcast.com. If you want to get in touch with us or send us your thoughts on the episode, you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. So we'll be back next week to review episode six, six of Fear the Walking Dead. Thanks for listening. Good night. See you guys. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.